Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. I was reading a post by a connection I have on LinkedIn, Barbie Winterbottom, who really did a great job of planting a seed for all of us. And that is, do our employees trust us? And she posted some research from a great company around something called the Edelman study. That is a company that creates a study and a piece of research called the trust barometer. Now, when I think about trust inside an organization, I think about that from a couple different levels as it relates to what we do. And I think about some of the most common situations inside our organizations that can make or break trust. First, let's just talk about foundational conversational skills our ability to converse and really listen and understand one another. Really listen and understand one another. Let me give you an example. I think we're all guilty of this. We tend to think about what we want to say while someone's talking versus really listening to them to understand what their intention, their objective, what they're sharing with us. And there's that old cliche, we tend to listen to respond versus understand. Now, how often are things taken out of context? Putting an emotional spin or interpretation on it. Think about that for a second. Recently, I was at a company no more than 60, 70 days ago, and I was with a group of employees from one of our client sites, and they started to label upper-level management. They're screwing us. They took away our overtime. They took away our overtime policy. And I ended up orchestrating a meeting between an employee and a CEO. And this was at a financial services firm. And it was really interesting because when we got in there, we found out it was never a policy. It was a program. It was a program upper level management actually put in to reward people for their overtime. Yet it turned into a piece of information that people twisted and manipulated So they could vent and complain or whatever their objective was. Yet it was very clear in this document that the employees were wrong. And so somewhere along the line, the program ended. So it became a weapon. It became an interpretation for people to twist and manipulate to what they want. So I orchestrated this meeting between the employee and the CEO and the employee was stunned. Later, two weeks later, in another workshop, another employee looked at this employee and other employees and said, guys, we have to listen. You ruin it for the rest of us by taking things out of context. And its most fundamental skill in writing, it still got twisted. Now I think about peer-to-peer. Let's think about our relationship with our peers. And we have to approach and sometimes have to coach them. Yet we don't have the title. We don't have the authority. We don't have the rite of passage in our own minds. So what do we do? Sometimes we don't have those conversations. And one of the most fundamental flaws that this illustrates is when one of those people is promoted. And now they're the manager. 
they're the manager of their peers. And what if they weren't having those conversations beforehand? Wouldn't the transition be harder? And last, upward. Coaching upward, communicating upward. I cannot tell you how many speaking engagements, workshops, seminars, webinars I've led where that is the number one question. How do I have this conversation upward so it doesn't get used against me? So I go back to Barbie's post, and I think it's a great video she put out, and it really speaks to this to a certain extent, and that is trust. Trust is cultivated over time. We talk about workplace engagement as this nebulous entity that we have to be engaged. Well, what does that mean? It means sitting down, scheduling time with your people. And if you know we know anything, I think the Gallup organization does some awesome work, and they talk about when we approach people leveraging their strengths versus constructive feedback, their research shows people engage eight times more. The Progress Principle, my, one of my favorite books, maybe my favorite book, talks about the number one thing that motivates people is not reward, recognition, and money. It's a sense of progress. I'm improving in my job. Yet, when I ask people, what's the employee's first response? when their boss calls them into the office. Do you know I've never, ever had someone respond favorably? I've always had people respond, uh-oh, what did I do wrong? I must be in trouble. So then it begs the question, why would anybody communicate upward? That goes to the foundation of trust. Trust is something we have to cultivate over time through conversations, through listening, through non-judgmental emotional reactions. I often share when I do public speaking, ask your employees, and it plants a great seed, and then train and coach and mentor them on the following. Are you listening factually, or are you listening emotionally? And it goes to the notion of speaking upward. The minute an upper-level manager says to somebody, yeah, but, and interrupts somebody, it's over. They are never, ever, ever coming back into your office. Why would they? So I encourage employees to have strategy behind their approach, asking upper-level management for permission. Bob, would you mind if I shared with you some insight and perspectives? And the last thing I want to do, Bob, is make assumptions of what you know is coming or not coming. But I owe it to you as our leader to give you what I see and potentially not assume what you see or don't see. And that's called a permission-based question using the sword. You throw yourself in the sword. So I don't make assumptions. It's a safe way to approach. Now, upper-level managers, you have to do something that's vital. Visibility chats. Call people in and say, Bob, educate me on some things coming my way that maybe you think I don't know. And listen. And listen. Don't interrupt. Don't respond. Just listen. Give people their voice. That explodes trust positively. So again, I go back to the post by Barbie. It talks about the trust factor. Do your employees trust you? So let me, in the summary of this episode, give you a thought in a scenario. This pandemic crisis has obviously hit all of us very, very hard and very differently. And I think about two managers. I think about the manager who often, which we get in our business, 
says, I don't have time to coach. I'm really busy. You don't understand. Our industry is really different. Every client says that, by the way. Then I think about the manager who schedules time, brings people into his or her office for the positive stuff, leveraging strengths, rewarding, raising with praising. And now you have to transition to a, a remote workforce. And oh, by the way, you need your employees to trust you. Which manager has the advantage? And more importantly, when we get back to the new normal, who has the advantage? When we get back to the new normal, the first or second manager, obviously the second manager. Conversations over time build trust. Conversations require skills and practice development. So often we show up. I think every one of us can think of somebody in our life named Yeah But Bob. You know, the person who has Yeah But out before you even get to the end of your first or second sentence. I think about a client that we have on the East Coast who literally asked me to sit in on a meeting and just watch two departments work out their differences on this particular project. And I remember the person who asked me to sit in the meeting looked down at my pad of paper and said, what are you doing? And whispers in the corner to me, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm counting. And he said, what are you counting? I said, the nonverbal reactions while other people are talking. And it was a classic. They were in their second meeting, two departments, opposite ends of the table, in a rectangular table. It's already adversarial. And in the first, I think it was 20 minutes, I counted 27 nonverbal acts of discord. Folding of the arms, turning away, breaking eye contact, rolling their eyes. I said, they don't even have a foundation of listening to each other. So the next time they got together, I suggested that they put in some what we call rules of engagement. You are not allowed to respond to anybody's comment unless you acknowledge it by paraphrasing what you've heard them say. And at least in the first five minutes, there was clarifications provided. No, 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 no. This is what I meant which further and deepened the quality of the conversation. So my client called me and said, you're not going to believe this. They came to a resolution in 21 minutes. And by just slowing down the cadence and really listening to one another, they started to understand each other more deeply and thoughtfully and professionally. That's how conversations and coaching can affect trust. Just by inserting active listening as a component of the conversation, as a requirement, not only facilitated skill development, but it built clarification, understanding, and it also slowed down the cadence to avoid the yeah, but syndrome. Check out below this audio, the post that Barbie put out. It is a really thought-provoking, about a three-minute video, really talking about trust. And do your employees trust you? And she does a great job of leading with two questions. And it really illustrates, especially in this day and age, how important trust is. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called coach to you where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign seven to 21 day programs for employees to learn and more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called 
coach to you. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.